Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Matt Chat. This is David Mercatani. Today, I have a very unique podcast for you guys. I'm bringing together three of the sharpest minds in the wrestling world. From Amateur Wrestling News, Jim Kalen. From Open Matt, Alex Steen. And from Win Magazine, Brian Van Clay. They are the ranking coordinators for each of their prospective uh, publications or websites. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Good to be here. So the purpose of our podcast today is to really give you guys out there listening a taste for, you know, the rankings, for who's coming up this season, some big matches to look for, and and some dark horses to look for. And also, as you read the rankings from all these various sources, to really get an idea why track wrestling, amateur wrestling news, open mat, and win may have guys ranked differently. So I'm going to start out with each of you guys individually, just talking a little bit about your rationale or process, both for the preseason, and then how does that rationale change as you go throughout the season? So um, amateur wrestling news is first alphabetically. So Jim, I'll start with you. What is your guys' rationale and process for rankings? Well, we have lots of process. I don't know how much rationale we have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, we, uh, we at Amateur Wrestling News, we have a kind of a three-step process. And uh, on Sunday, I kind of go through the week's results, uh, look and see what everyone's done. I rank each weight. Then I submit uh, uh, what I've done to uh, Denny Deal from Lehigh uh, University Wrestling News, um, Amateur Wrestling News editor Ron Good, and Matt Talks, Jason Bryant. And then they give me their thoughts and uh, suggestions, and I uh, then – uh, kind of process and apply what they've said. And then I send it on to our publisher, John Hoke, and he looks it over, and uh, if he approves, he posts it, and it's that simple. Nice. So it's a collaborative process where you're doing sure bringing some smart guys into the equation in case you missed something or maybe overvalued or undervalued something, and that makes a lot of sense. So I guess open mat comes before win. So, Alex, um, tell me about your guys' process. Okay. I mean, a lot like AWN, we go through the – uh, matches that have been wrestled Monday night and compile a spreadsheet. Um, Eric Betterman, the founder of the Open Mat, still involved. He ranks the top five weights, and I rank the five lightest weights. And then we kind of go over each other's and keep each other honest about, you know, making sure we have people in the right place. Um, kind of a mix of valuation of, you know, good wins versus bad losses. I like to see a good ratio there, especially as the season will roll along, we'll have – Everybody will lose. Everybody will lose the guys they shouldn't. They'll beat guys that are ranked ahead of them. It gets to be a morass, but so I look for a ratio there. Um, we don't rank true freshmen in the preseason. We didn't take anybody that was injured out yet for the preseason, but we will as the season rolls along. We have a history of if they don't compete for two weeks and we don't have a good idea of when they're coming back and it's not soon, we'll take them out. Um, kind of a snapshot in time for our rankings. So uh, that's how we approach it. Yeah, it makes sense. Brian, how do you guys do it? Yeah, thanks, David. So, you know, when Magazine, our, our process has been, been set and consistent for, for a long time, and, and we're proud of the accuracy in it. We, we really, you know, like, like most of us follow, obviously, the, the results. Um, all, how things are playing week to week. Obviously, the preseason is, is heavily based on last year's. Uh, both NCAA placements and how they did at the championships and overall overall record. Um, but our rankings committee that that uh, puts together the the rankings tries to to really project forward and 
and get feedback from a lot of different coaches in regards to, you know, where's the guy at for his weight class, is, is the, his first month of the season, maybe has a bad loss or two because he's still getting down to, you know, basically the mid, mid-season weight he would be at, the stabilized weight. So we, we do really try to take uh, a good amount of feedback from coaches and ask around a lot, watch a lot of matches online, and, of course, um, you know, watch results closely to see, for lack of a better word, who's who's trending, which which guys really deserve to be ranked and ranked high, and, and which guys that we think uh, come the end of the season in March uh, will be on the All-American stand. So it's it's a pretty fluid process, one that we feel good about, and and the the feedback from from college coaches that know these athletes uh, inside and out. They they know if there's an injury situation, if it's a weight cut issue, sometimes losses and wins. Uh, you know, we we take some of those uh, factors into consideration when when ranking guys. It's good. I think all you guys have a really thoughtful process. For the people listening, I'll tell you that mine is really based on uh, doing a, some collaborative work, like Jim did with. I have some people I trust, and we reach out to them. At the beginning of the year, mine is almost strictly based off how you did at national. So if somebody took eighth but they had a losing record, I'm going to rank that person over somebody who came in undefeated and went 0 and 2. Um, I think you know those those things are important for people to understand. Also, as you go through the season and we get further and further back in the rearview mirror, uh, you know how you did last year tends to matter less and less. The other thing for people that don't know is I did the junior college rankings for several years, and I, I think I have to credit this to you, Brian, and maybe I'm wrong, but Win Magazine was the first one I saw that gave 20 points to the team for, for team rankings purposes for first instead of 16 where you guys added in you know, the, the advancement points. Obviously, none of our rankings include bonus points because that's impossible to predict or to, you know, to fairly put in there, but... I do think I, I think I can speak for all of us when I say our team rankings are simply a, a collaboration and compilation of our 10 individual weight rankings. So um, for those listening, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask each of these guys the same three questions for each weight. And then at the end, I'm going to record this and um, the loser owes all of us a case of Mountain Dew or something like that at the end of the year. So, um, so my questions for each of those, for each of you guys is going to be, what was your biggest struggle at the weight class we're discussing in terms of rankings? Who are your final four picks at that weight? And who are one or two dark horses that you, you like at this weight? And, and, and why do you think so? So, and, and I would say a dark horse, I would say somebody out of the top eight, you know, somebody that isn't on your, rankings to medal right now, but you think they have a really good chance of medal. So, Alex, I'll start with you. First of all, 125, what was your biggest struggle? I'm I mean, sorry. there's a lot of well, there's a lot of struggles at 125. Um, obviously, with Tomasello and Suriano, that's been well documented. I think you can really put those guys anywhere in the top four to six, and you're, you know, that you're fine. Um, my approach to rankings is always to get one of the right answers. I think there are usually multiple right answers. Just don't get the wrong answer. Right. Um, so those guys I wasn't so worried about. Zeke Moisey really gave me a lot of trouble because he's been gone for so long. We saw him in the national finals as an unseated guy in 2015. Then he wrestled not that well, but good enough to be a top eight type of guy in 2016 before he got hurt. And then we haven't seen anything for him since. So I didn't really know what to do with him, but he didn't, 
he was an All-American last time. He wrestled at Nationals, so I have him in his eighth. That might be too high. You just don't know with him. Sure. So he was the biggest struggle. Um, Dark Horse, I didn't have your criteria beforehand, so I was looking at it more of a guy that people don't see as a national title contender. That That's fine, too. Him. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think Ryan Milhoff, we've got him six. I think going out to Arizona State, he showed so much improvement his sophomore year at Oklahoma. Um, ended up seventh from the five seed in that tournament. He had the win over Darian Cruz from that year. I mean, that was at the NCAA tournament in 2016. So now he's going out to Arizona State. If he's right and ready to go, which all signs seem to say he is, he could do some serious damage. So that's that's my dark horse. I like it. I like um, it. Uh, Brian. Final four. Oh, yeah, final four. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Final four. So final four, I've got Suriano beating Tomasello in the final, Cruz third, and Milhoff fourth. I like it. Going going big early with Milhoff. Brian, uh, same thing. You know, what was the struggle, final four, dark horse? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would say the struggles on our end at, at 125, uh, you know, is, is Tomasello, Suriano, and, and Cruz. It, it's just one of those weights that, that's really a crapshoot. I would say more so than any other weight every year. 125 always has so much talent. Guys that move well score a lot of points, and uh, a lot of it can come down to, uh, you know, the the weight cut where they're at mentally, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, now this Tomasello uh, injury factoring into things just just really makes uh, makes the weight interesting. Uh, I too had had dark horse uh, labeled in in the top uh, eight. Just that's right. I think he's really dangerous, but uh, Piccanini from, from Oklahoma State uh, is extremely talented. I, I think it's, it's very important for people to know how much he wrestles with Dayton Fix, where, uh, you know, leading into this, this college season, the amount those two have worked out. And Fix was in the mix here at 125. It might be interesting to see how high he was ranked. So just the fact that those two have each other to make, make each other better, you know, day in, day out, often. Obviously, in Stillwater is a, is a significant significant variable there, so I, I would definitely keep keep uh, keep everyone's eyes on him. Uh, we had him in our in our semis as well as Tomasello, Soriano, and uh, I think we might see Spencer Lee before the year is out. It would not. Uh oh, Spencer Lee call out early in the show. I like it. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, so we got some variants, which is nice. Uh, Jim, what same same questions to you for 125? Yeah, we uh, we've got. Uh, uh, Darian Cruz at number one, well, obviously because he was a national champ, but, uh, originally we had had, we had put, uh, Nathan Tomasello there because he also, uh, was a previous national champ, but he's, uh, uh, a three-time All-American. So, uh, more than Cruz, uh, he's been there. But, um, for second, we put, uh, Suriano and put him ahead of, uh, Ethan Lezak and, uh, uh, we just, you know, we just felt that, uh, uh, you know, Thomas Gilman was the only one who beat him last year, and uh, Suriano pretty much dominated everyone else. So we kind of expect the same from him this year. Um, I guess the biggest struggle is believing that uh, uh, Lezak's going to really be able to remain at 125 all year. It's a good point. And he's big. Yeah. yeah. He's big. I, yeah, I really wanted to put him at uh, 133, but with Mitch McKee there uh, for Minnesota, and then uh, uh, Tommy Thorne at 141. There's really no place for him to go. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, my dark horses, probably Brock Hudkins from Northern Illinois, 
because my wife went to college there. That's a great reason. <laughs> but I, That's a great, I, is, stay, right? ma- stay married. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know she's listening. So, but I like uh, I like the program. And uh, Huskins is just tough. Uh, he upsets uh, Americans. Uh, Josh uh, Corrales and NCAA's. Uh, so, and uh, I guess my other dark horse would be him. I like his brother, and uh, I just think he's overdue. And yeah. my final four, uh, probably Tomasello. Soriano in the finals, and then Cruz and uh, uh, Moise for uh, uh, third, fourth. Great. I'll be quick with mine. I think the biggest struggle was Tomasello and Soriano. Soriano, you could make an argument for one because he beat Cruz eight to nothing last year. Um, I had Tomasello ranked second in ours behind Cruz, and we had it was Cruz, Tomasello, Lezak, Piccinini, Soriano. Um, I, I see probably – I think I agree with most of you guys that Final Four is going to be some combination of Cruz, Tomasello, Soriano, and then that four spot, everybody you've named. I think even Lezak. I mean, we forget, you know, he was putting it to Gilman in that duel, you know, for a long time until Gilman got him tired from the bottom and came back and, and pinned him. Um, and I think uh, Barlow McGee is a guy to look out for too. Uh, I mean, I was at Mizzou this last weekend, and Coach Smith didn't get into details. He just said he's a lot healthier than he is last year. and and has a chance to really, you know, finish his attacks a lot stronger and things like that. And I got a chance to watch him train, and he looks like a completely different guy from last year. So um, let's dig into 33. Same questions. Jim, why don't you go first this time? Yeah, um, 133 um, looks great. Um, well, I was kind of thinking Tomasella would go up there. Uh, I think he'd probably do better, but obviously he's not because uh, the Buckeyes, got, they have uh, Luke Pletcher there. Um, and the biggest struggle probably was where to stick all these young guys. There's, uh, we don't really have a senior rank until number seven, which is uh, Don Forrest from Pitt. Um, the dark horses, uh, Luke Fletcher, uh, the, the kid, he kind of just was a filler last year, but he ended up being ranked. Um, I think with additions like Jerry McKenna and the return of uh, Keyshawn Hayes in the Buckeye wrestling room, Fletcher is going to really be improved. Um, I, I think he'll be All-American this year. And the other dark horse um, is uh, Dom Forrest. I think the, I think the new uh, head coach, Keith Gavin, I think he's going to be great for some of the Panther wrestlers. And um, a lot of them have just been on the cusp, and that's uh, I think he's going to make a difference. Nice. Um, the final four, I'd say, uh, I, I think uh, Michigan's Misich and uh, Seth Gross in the finals, and then Kay Brock and Jack Mueller for third four. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Brian, who do you got? Thirty-three. Yeah, so our our uh, our biggest struggle was uh, was McKee. Uh, just had a really up and down year last year. Had a lot of really good wins against top guys, but something like twenty twenty losses or something like that. He's a guy that just just depends how things shake out at the uh, the Big Ten Championships and, and NCAA's. Whether he uh, he's on that night, uh, I agree agree with with Jim. Forties uh, from from Pitt. Interesting. Wrestler had had good wins. Obviously, the program was was in a lot of transition last year. It's it's silly to think that it doesn't affect these student athletes. They're they're young people, eighteen to twenty three years of age, and and um, you know some of those outside factors certainly can affect performance. So I think you're going to see a much uh, better year out of him this year. Uh, we actually had him in our top four, and in, in no particular order, uh, Gross, Mickick, Brock, and Forey would be uh, would be top four. Nice. All right. Alex? 
All right, so I don't really have a biggest struggle at 133. I mean, you could yeah. argue Fox deal with guys, but it's, it's pretty well tiered. I mean, you've got the top three that's pretty obvious. Uh, you've got a couple more returning All-Americans, and then you've got some other guys that have been round of 12 solid. And then it's just, you know, like I said, it, it tears out pretty well. So I didn't have too many struggles with this weight. Um, dark horse wise, Mitch McKee from Minnesota, as mentioned, I mean, he lost officially 19 times last year. <laughs> Most of those losses were to really good guys because 133 was ridiculous in the Big Ten last year. And he took care of business for the most part, including his national tournament, obviously, getting around to 12 and he'd beaten fours before. So much graduated from 133. That fourth spot is kind of hanging out there again. I think McKee could get it. And he, you know, he's given Brock a hard time in high school before. I just think, you know, Junior World Silver this summer, he could be a guy that makes a big leap. Um, if, if someone's going to do it, I think it's going to be him. Uh, final four, Gross and Brock in the finals, I think. I think I like Brock to take a big step forward too. Um, you know, now he's two years past the injury. Might take another step forward. And then, uh, Beach and Mueller, third and fourth is somebody else already projected. So. Yeah. It's, it seems like there's a lot more, uh, consensus here. Um, I, I kind of agree with you guys. There was a lot of tiering here that sort of made sense. You know, you got four returning All-Americans at 33, one at 25, and Mueller moving up. You know, like you guys said, Mueller or Mitch McKee rather had a lot of losses, but that that junior world performance certainly impacted. You know, I put him above the other guys that lost in the round of 12. Pletcher going down a weight certainly helps him. Um, I think your guys' points on your uh, – your, um, dark horses are well received. I think Corey Keener might be an interesting dark horse here as well, going into the Penn State room. Those guys are pretty good at wrestling, so that might help them. And then John Ernesty is a guy, I know I mentioned Missouri, but Colby Smith transferred in there as well. So he was a guy that was at App State and, you know, would have been ranked literally right behind him in the rankings, at least as far as I was concerned. So I think that, um, I think there might there might be some things there, and and we all know there'll be some freshmen that pop up at these lower weights that you know if if they come out of out of red shirt or just break their way into the lineup that it'll, it'll be really interesting. So um, I don't remember who I had go first. So Alex, why don't you start off at one forty one? Okay, um, my biggest struggle was Joey McKenna. His regular seasons have been so good. Basically, the only thing that you know he hasn't done is get in the national finals. So he obviously struggled last year in St. Louis, didn't play, but it, it, it's hard for me to see him at seventh and feel like that's a good ranking. <laughs> I know I have him there too. Yeah, it's a struggle. I know. It's, 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 it's the same reason. I mean, you, you look at returning All-Americans and you put them behind those guys, but it's hard for me to look at seventh and go, yeah, that, that's right. But uh, that's where we have it. So um, dark horse-wise, I've got a couple. I think Chad Red's going to beat out Colton McChrystal. We have McChrystal ranked right now, but those two will battle for 141 early. I think Red will eventually win the spot, and McChrystal will probably move up to 49. Okay. But Chad Red is really talented, really good, got a lot of offense. I think he's going to be very surprising. The other one at 41 would be Yanni, uh, Mahalis at Cornell. He's not ranked because we don't rank two freshmen, but he's going to go, and he's going to be a handful I mean, we've seen him over and over again. He's been set back a little bit by injuries lately, but I mean, the guy's the guy's a champion. He's going to do great things from day one. Uh, final four, can't pick against Dean Howe. Hasn't lost him forever. <laughs> I've got McKenna finally making the finals, and then Jack and Meredith again. 
for third place. Well, your prediction certainly make the team race a little more interesting if, if Iowa, Ohio State, excuse me, gets a finalist there. Uh, Jim, tell me about 141. Yeah, I, you know, I, I too was, um, uh, kind of torn with, uh, Joey McKenna. Um, I wrestled at Ohio State, so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, Buckeye heavy sometimes, <laughs> but I, I've got him at seven, uh, like, like, uh, everyone else, I think. Um, so yeah, there, no, not, nothing other than that. Um, uh, I like Dean Heil a lot. Um, it's, you know, I try not to listen to the constant naysaying about him. I don't know. You know, he wins by one or two points and, um, there are still so many non-believers, but, uh, the guy's great. Uh, dark horses. I want real dark here. Um, I, uh, picked two young guys. I like, uh, Cal State Bakersfield, Bakersfield's, uh, Russell Rolfing. I saw him last year when I was at the Cliff Keen in, uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman, and I really liked what I saw. Um, uh, I also like uh, Michigan sophomore uh, style Profatsi. I think uh, I think uh, Joe McFarland has a great team this year. They do. They're um, solid. Think, yeah. Yeah, and this kid's going to move up in the rankings the first two months. He's going to be lots of opportunity. He's going to. I think he's going to place in the top four in Las Vegas. In uh, um, the final four for this weight, um, I don't see anybody beating Dean Heil. I think uh, he's going to. Uh, win it again, and I have him against Joey McKenna, and then uh, I've got Bryce Meredith and Jade Nyerman. Yep, and we should probably say if Dean Heil becomes a 4-1-1-1 guy, as, you know, I guess I'm not going to say this just to disrupt it, but from my opinion, he's probably one of the least respected potential three-time champions ever. The kids are Absolutely. Yeah. Kids Absolutely. So Especially Bron- if he wins one after they change the rules for him. Well, I actually talked to some guys down there. I was there, and, you know, he goes, I'm just going to sprawl. He goes, it's not a big deal. He goes, they didn't make me sprawl before. <laughs> now I will. It's like I don't know how to sprawl. So, you know, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, Brian, 141. Yeah, 141, uh, similar to what uh, what you guys have said. Biggest struggle there, McKenna, obviously, as, as has been said, didn't play last year. We, we, see him, we see him potentially making the NCAA finals this year. He's extremely talented. Uh, Dark Horse, uh, Joel Sherritt has an absolute stud, and, and Jared Prince. Uh, good wins last year as a freshman, and I think you're going to see him in, in that second year of college wrestling make make a lot of strides. Um, and I would say top four would be uh, Heil, McKenna, Jack, and if Ashnall doesn't uh, doesn't redshirt, uh, we'd put Ashnall in that in that top four. Uh, Bryce Meredith, if he does. Yeah. And Ashnault's an interesting story and, and we can you know, we can talk to you guys about this another point, but when these guys are out Alex talked a little bit about their philosophy and how long you leave a guy in and out of the rankings. The the problem with that is a lot of people look at the team rankings and if you pull a guy out, obviously there's a giant impact on the team rankings. So for me, I think there's a couple interesting uh dark horses here. I think Kanan Store from Iowa State's a really interesting guy. Um you know, second at the Schultz last year. Iowa State doesn't have a ton of, ton of, you know, metal superstars right now, so they can really invest some more time in him. You guys have, we have Gaska ranked all over the map. I was looking, some guys have him as high as eighth. You know, I have him as low as 18. That was just based on he was round at 32, but clearly he was injured. He had beaten Gulaban the week before and, or two weeks earlier and things like that. And I, I think the Chad Red call is a, a really smart one. You know, I mean, one of the things we do is if a track is if you beat out a guy, we just immediately put you where he would have been ranked, you know, which is different than, 
you know, like we can't just put the guy that's at Iowa 125 where Gilman was. But, you know, if somehow somebody beat out Dean Heil, I probably would put him where Dean Heil was. So um, and I'm just going to say this. I'm picking Dean Heil in the final four and any of those three other guys because I'm not I never did, but I'm not picking against Dean Heil the rest of my life. So he just <laughs> finds a way to win. So, uh, Brian, why don't you kick off 149 for us? And I'm going to go way out on the limb and say Zane Rutherford might be in your final four. <laughs> <laughs> a real stretch there, right? So, right good. Uh, I'm breaking news. <laughs> Jason Sertis, uh, Jason Sertis, you know, is just a very interesting guy to watch. Obviously has the talent to win, knows how to win close matches and uh, is in a great room with a great coach, good training partners, a lot of talent, and certainly high-level, high-confidence, you know, thinkers and athletes in that room that expect to be on the, the Saturday night uh, big stage. So, you know, hasn't looked very good the last couple of years, uh, but has had a lot of, uh, of you know, well-documented things that have been going on with the, the family tragedy, weight issues, that kind of thing. But watch, uh, watch searches this year. Dark Horse, uh, Ryan Deacon, uh, third at the Midlands as a true freshman, made the junior world team, did extremely well, got second. Um, may end up being too big for 149, we'll see, but he he has skills and will win a lot of college matches uh, over the next uh, over the next years. And, yeah, as you referenced, David, uh, final four there at 49 would be Rutherford, Sorensen, Chisco, and uh, Oliver from uh, Central Michigan. Oliver, I like it. And I would be remiss if I didn't my didn't point out that my colleague Andy Hamilton pointed out that Ryan Deacon placed higher at the Worlds, Junior Worlds, than he did at the Eastern Michigan Open, which uh, <laughs> which Storniolo pointed out to him while they were overseas. And Andy said that was probably the line of the weekend, and I think that'd be a hard one to top. So <laughs> anyway, Alex, what's uh, what's your take on forty nine? First, I love the Deacon call because Storniolo will never give me, let me hear the end of not picking him as my top redshirting freshman last year. Um, <laughs> there you go. He's great. So, um, hardest one for me was Gio Martinez. Um, kind of, again, I really struggle with these guys that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, obviously, he wrestled last year some as a redshirt, but wasn't overly impressive. He seems like a lights-on guy. Um, obviously, All-American in 2016 from Boise State, so... Uh, he was a hard one to rank. Um, I have him at eight, but I could probably be talked into that being too high. Um, I don't know. Returning all American, so that's where he is. Uh, Dark Horses, Thurston is an obvious one. I mean, we know what he can do when he's right. Um, last I heard from Arizona State, they were still weren't sure if he was going to go 49 or 57, and he does have to beat guys off the team. So yeah. um, he's not even ranked currently um, just because we don't know where he's going to go and who he's got to beat. So. Um, but if he's right, he's going to make the lineup and he'll do well. Um, the other one would be Keyshawn Hayes. I think McKenna, I mean, he could still beat McKenna out at 141. They're going to wrestle off. Soon, right? They're going to do that soon so they can figure it out. Yeah. And then, so I think he'll end up at 49. Um, he's showing all the talent in the world too. Um, split with Kolodzik, you know, in his, in his red shirt year before he got hurt. So he's, he could be a handful. Um, final four, obviously, Redford, Sorensen, clear top two. Um, I like Kolodzik to get third and Solomon Chisco for fourth. Okay. Jim, what do you think? 
Uh, the biggest struggle probably was to put as much care into this weight as the others because uh, with Dane Rutherford there, the drama's kind of gone. <laughs> so um, I, I hate to say that, but, you know. Um, biggest struggle, yeah, I think um, where to place Keyshawn Hayes and uh, Gio Martinez, I think, um, you know, I, I didn't know uh, what to do with those guys exactly. Um, I like Martinez. I think he's going to do great, uh, you know, transferred now. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, that Keyshawn Hayes, Joey McKenna, um, wow. wrestle off. They could probably sell tickets at Ohio State for that. Right. You know, I think they'd get a lot of people. Uh, the dark horses, I think the, uh, the entire weight because of Rutherford. <laughs> but, uh, other than him, I, I would say I like Justin Oliver a lot. I, um, you know, I, I, I've seen him, uh, in Las Vegas. He's just ornery. He's lanky. He's strong. He's just a brawler. I really like him. I think um, he's overdue. And I like uh, Steve Blythe. Uh, I liked him when he was at Northern Illinois. But I think the move to Minnesota is going to give him an extra push. Uh, but he needs to become an All-American. He's got um, Jake Short below him. He's got Tommy Thorne and Nick Wanzik uh, above him. So uh, um, he's going to get some work. Uh, my final four, Rutherford, Thornson, uh, Justin Oliver, and Matt Kalanzik. It's interesting. Um... I, I, I think you guys hit all my uh, dark horses. I mean, I think Deacon and, and Hayes are, are certainly guys to think about. Um, if I had to go super dark horse, I would say Josh Maruka, because I don't think a lot of people think he's even going to start. And, you know, if, if he gets by Sertzis, it kind of shows you how good he is. Um, you know, and I guess Final Four, obviously, Zane, I think Sorensen. Um, I'm biased because he wrestled in our charity event, but I'm going to go with Max Thompson. And um, I like I like Gio being in that that Oklahoma State room with Heil and Lulu Wallen and the Morans and you know Joe Smith and all those guys. Um, I, I think he might really blossom. And I think Brian was the one that said he's kind of a lights on kind of guy. And and Oklahoma State the last couple of years especially has done a really good job of uh, peaking their kids at the right time. So. Um, Alex, why don't you start off 157, and I'm going to go big again and assume you probably have Nolf taking at least fourth. So I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm going to say he makes your final four. Smart guy, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> biggest struggle in my dark horse were both the same for this weight. Um, Ricky Lewis is really pre- presents a conundrum. I mean, he's another guy injured pretty much all of last year. I think he wrestled a match or two. Correct, yeah. And then he and he goes out at under 23s and beats LeVon Mays, Anthony Colica, and Berger twice. He already beaten Berger before. Obviously, we're not counting those matches because they're freestyle, but just kind of shows, I mean, Lewis's mat skills were never in question. If he can go in neutral against Mays and Colica and Berger, he's going to be a problem. Um, he could be up in that top four very easily, especially now. I mean, Joe Smith's going to red shirt, so that bumps everybody up. All right. Lewis is going to start the year 14th, but he's not going to stay there, I don't think. Um, final four, Nelson Kemmerer. Love what Kemmerer is doing, and he doesn't have Palacio to pin him this year in the quarters. So <laughs> I think it'll be them in the finals. Uh, Micah Jordan for third, and I've got Richie Lewis all the way up at fourth. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jim, 157. Um, I hated to see uh, that uh, uh, Joe Smith was um, – are going to take a red shirt this year. You know, we had him, so we had to bump everybody up. But, um, you know, this weight, uh, you know, because of Nolf, it's similar to the previous weight. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the drama seems to be gone. 
although uh, Michael Kemmer, um, I think he's close, and I'm hoping uh, um, uh, with the addition of uh, Perry now in the wrestling room as a coach that that's going to help. Um, uh, I think the um, the dark horse uh, horses for me are pretty Cole Walter from Lehigh. Um, I think Lehigh's going to be – I think they're a dangerous team. I know uh, a, lot of, a lot of uh, – yeah. They are. I think a lot of a lot of sites have them ranked, you know, uh, eight, nine, and ten, and I um, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think the quality in that Mountain Hawk wrestling room is, uh, is just going to push wrestlers like Walters. And living in California, I'm a big fan of Stanford's Paul Fox. I I think people feel that he snuck onto the podium last uh, year in St. Louis, but um, this kid was a California State champ. He was at Gilroy High, and uh, and California has only one division. And, you know, the, the quality of wrestling here is unbelievable. Um, he's a four-time medalist. He's been in three finals uh, in California, uh, which, you know, there aren't many people that have been in three finals. Uh, and the year he won, I think, was 2014. And uh, other winners were the Valencia brothers, Ian Baker, and Nick Neville. So yeah. there are some tough kids here. Yeah. Um, it was no fluke that he was uh, an All-American last year. Um and I, the final four, I, I say Jason, Nolf, and Kemmerer. And then I think the third and fourth is going to be Micah Jordan and Jake Short. Jake Short. I like it. Brian, yep. Brian 157. Yeah, 57, you know, similar to Jim and Alice's comments, I think uh, their, their assessment of, of Richie Lewis is, is right on. He's, he's extremely talented, dealt with an injury last year, had a big, big win over the Valley. Yeah, I was going to uh, point that out, yeah. yeah freestyle, you know, his freestyle performance at the U23 event, uh, beat Berger two times very easily. Uh, Lewis is a hammer, and he's going to be a hammer and a handful for anybody, anybody to deal with. So we had him listed as both our, our dark horse and biggest struggle. Uh, he's at 10 now, he's going to move up quickly uh, throughout the season. Uh, final four there would be Nolf, Kemmer, Lewis, and then Pantaleo from uh, Michigan. Nice. Um, I think the one, you know, maybe one or two things I'll add is we have Alec Vantaleo coming back from Michigan, so that'll be an interesting thing. You know, Micah Jordan, it's it's well documented. He was, you know, really – he was up at 57, I think, during his red shirt year, then went down to 41, as, you know, and then it looked like that weight really caught up to him. He looked good at 49 last year but had some struggles on bottom. And, you know, so 57 might be the right fit for him. Uh, you know, you guys definitely – uh, explained, I think, what we all think about Richie Lewis. I think Clayton Ream might be another guy to look at in terms of a dark horse. He was the sixth seed last year. Obviously had an awful tournament for him, literally being the number 33 guy, losing and then losing in the pigtail wrestle back. But um, he's a St. Louis guy. I coached him on an all-star team. He's a 4.0 kid, and he wears that super cool helmet headgear. So I'm going to give him a shout-out as my dark horse. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brian. 165, no shortage of star power here. So why don't you kick us off? Yeah, a ton of a ton of talent, uh, a fairly deep deep weight, uh, similar to 57 with us with Dark Horse and Biggest Struggle, uh, Chance Marsteller. He, he's going to have a solid season. Uh, we're we're pretty confident of that. Could be an All American. Obviously, he hasn't done a lot collegiately, but uh, uh, one of these guys that that I think through just a, a lot of wrestling, a lot of training, a lot of competition, freestyle, folk style, for many, many years leading up to this point in his career, he seems to have found his love for wrestling. 
uh, again, and I, I think he'll do really well. So we had him listed as both our dark horse and biggest struggle. Nice. And the final four here uh, would be Martinez, Massa, Valencia, and Joseph. Valencia, I like it. Okay. Uh, Alex, what do you think about 165? I had Marcelo as my biggest struggle in dark horse as well. Luckily, I picked the second one. This wouldn't be quite so boring. Um, Isaiah White was another biggest struggle. You guys are killing me. You took both of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Big time recruit that was looking at Ohio State before he ended up at Notre Dame last year. Um, He's going to be really good. Um, Another dark horse other than Marsteller, which is, I I love love Marsteller pick, but the other one is Jordan Cutler. Um, I mean, he beat Joe Smith and Joey LaValle to win the scuffle last year. Had just one loss before had some injury trouble and then didn't make weight at the IWAs, but um, he's going to go up to 65. I've even seen things that suggest he could go up even farther than that, but I bet he, I bet he ends up at 65 because Ryan Price is at 174. Right. Um, so final four, you know, Imar, I think, I think he knows how to beat guys that have beat him before. I think he, that just motivates him. So I got him topping Joseph in a rematch, Massa third, and I've got Marstaller up at fourth. He, he's the real deal. Nice. Jim, what do you got? Man, Alex and uh, Brian are killing me. I think they're reading off my uh, Hey, notes. you don't have to go last every time, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Here, let me, see, let me see if I can step on you a little bit here. A little bit more. Um, yeah, my biggest struggle at this weight, um, where, where to place uh, Lehigh's Cutler in uh, Valencia. Um, Valencia last year, he was one move from becoming an All-American. I mean, he, you know, as time ran out, he was he was going in, he was going to get that, that take down. But uh, he's great. Um, I, where to stick Ohio State uh, yet? Yeah, where to stick uh, uh, Campbell? I think, the you know, the bucket wrestling was going to benefit him. And I've got him at number 10, but I just, I think that's kind of low. Um, Dark Horses, uh, Hayes, um <laughs> And I think uh, I, I picked Isaiah White also. He was, uh, you know, he was the D2 champ last year yeah. at uh, Notre Dame as a freshman. Um, but I think he's good enough to make the leap uh, and become an. Well, he'll be he'll be an All-American before he graduates. But uh, and we'll see if he does it this year. Final four: um, uh, Martinez and uh, Logan Massa. Um, I, I'm I'm going to say Massa figures out a way to do it. He's just a it's just he's just a brute. Um, and then uh, Joseph and Cutler for third and fourth. So we have a Logan Mass and national championship call. I like that. Yep. I, I want to say yep. I hate. I want to hate. I hate all you guys because you took all of my dark horses. I had Marsteller. <laughs> I had White. I had Cutler. I had Deshaun Campbell. So I'm going to say, just because I'm allowed to, it's my show, and you guys all took mine. Even though you can't read my notes, I'm going to say Marinelli's a dark horse because I don't think any of us have him ranked top eight. I think the other interesting thing is when you look at when we talk about dark horses, when somebody moves in, obviously somebody else has to move out of the top eight. I mean, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. But um, I had Mike Paul on my show and he was telling me specifically and I won't share, but just that Isaiah White is doing very well in the room at Nebraska. And, and he might have Jordan Burroughs and James Green to work out with and Tyler Berger. So um, I think he's a guy and people forget that he walked through Fargo and beat Vincenzo Joseph in the finals that year. So anyway, 74, uh, Jim, why don't you start us off? Um, you know, having a rank preseason when you, you know, you, you rank guys, um, 
you know, how they did at the Nationals. So, you know, obviously Hall beat Jordan and Valencia was third. Um, you know, I don't know if, if, if you didn't have to follow that protocol, I don't know if that's how we would have them ranked. I'm, I'm not going to say how we would, but, um, you know, I don't know if that's, that's the order we'd do. Um, I'm thinking you might have as a heat second based on what you're saying, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, probably other than that, probably, uh, where to put Ryan Price, uh, Price and, uh, uh Drew Hughes. Um, the, uh, our dark horses, Ryan Price, although, you know, I know he's higher than eight. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but, um, that's not really going out on a limb, but this guy's dangerous. He was, he was beating Hall at the Southern Scuffle last year. I think it was three to one near the end of the bout and he got caught and pinned in the cement mixture. So, um, I think if he can focus a hundred percent throughout his bout, um, he's going to be something. Um, and I do like Drew Hughes from Michigan State. He had a great freshman year, was almost an all American and he's a brute. Um, in our final four, I say Valencia beating Jordan, and I think Halls and Miles Amin from Michigan. I think there, there's Michigan again. Uh, I think that'll be your third, fourth. Nice. Alex, who do you got at 74? Uh, biggest struggle was Jacoby Smith at Oklahoma State. Um, came in last year and redshirted, so he kind of had a limited exposure to D1 competition, but uh, he beat Zach Brunson at an open. And he looks like he's going to be really good. Um, unfortunately, it's hard to rank somebody like that that really didn't wrestle the kind of schedule that the rest of these guys did. So he's down at 16, but I think he's a lot better than that. Um, Ryan Price is also my dark horse. I mean, in addition to the Hall thing, I mean, he beat Amin, Epperly, Ramos, and Lujan. So, Luan, sorry. Yeah. Um, he's really good. And, you know, it's easy to root for the kid because – He's one of the most self-deprecating, humorous guys on Twitter. So it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, heard that. <laughs> final, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Final four, I, I can't be – kind of like you don't ever bet against Dean Howe. David, I will never bet against Mark Hall just from what I've seen. So I've got him beating Valencia in the finals, Jordan third, and uh, Daniel Lewis sneaking up for fourth. I, know, I like it. Brian, what do you got? 74. Uh, biggest struggle, Zahid Valencia, you know, a reverse challenge at the NCAAs, as everybody uh, remembers there, could have been an NCAA champ last year, so we had him listed as our, our biggest uh, biggest struggle. Dark Horse, as has been said, Ryan Price, um, just extremely good uh, during the season last year and didn't, uh, you know, didn't end the season well, but certainly can, can wrestle with anybody in the weight. Uh, final four placements hall, Jordan, Valencia, and Price. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, everything you guys said makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jacoby Smith is built like an absolute beast in a room full of beasts when I went to Oklahoma State. I mean, I'm partial, I'm a junior college guy, but this weight's a little interesting. There's five All Americans and then it's, there's a drop off. So I think, I do think he'll sneak in and medal. And, uh, so I mean, that would be my dark horse. I think Caleb Young's another, guy out of Iowa that obviously in that room has a chance to be special. And I think, you know, I'm not saying anything, you know, reckless, but it's Hall, Jordan, Valencia in some order in the semis. And then I really think a lot of it's going to come down to who gets the four or five seed and probably has the easiest run there. But, you know, you could see anybody like you guys said, Amin, Lewis, Price, you know, all these different guys. So 
Um, I'll sort of take the fifth on that one and, and just beg off. But, um, Brian, why don't you start us off at 84? And I'm going to guess that Bo Nichols in your, in your final four. He, he made the final, final four. It was a lot of <laughs> struggle, struggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he didn't did make that, uh, make that group. Uh, biggest struggle, uh, Zvatsky, you know, very, very talented, uh, has been ranked as high as third, uh, you know, didn't didn't place uh, didn't place last year, uh, but we have met seven, and and uh, really feel he's going to fill, going to place higher than that. Uh, Abonders are a dark horse, um, very improved. You know, through his redshirt redshirt year, uh, can wrestle with anybody in the weight. So you know, he's going to win a lot of matches. We'll continue to get better, obviously, wrestling through the Big Ten all year. We'll get quality competition a lot second semester. So he'll he'll continue to improve. Uh, top four uh, at 84 would be Nickel, Renda, Abonader, Zavodsky. No Miles Martin. No Miles Martin. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a call there. All right, Alex, what about you? Uh, biggest struggle is Cash Wilkie, who's just an absolute nightmare to rank. <laughs> he's, he's got it. I mean, well, you know, he's going down in weight, which should be better for him as far as I can tell. But, you know, he needed a – Somebody to pull out of NCAA just to get in the field last year, and then he makes the round of 12. So obviously a lot of conflicting information on him. Um, he starts ninth based on his run to the round of 12, but I don't know which way he's going to go. He could go up or down. Yeah. Um, completely agree with Zavatsky. Guy is a rock star in the regular season. Has missed out a couple of times with NCAAs, but still a small sample size, even twice. That's not a lot to go on. So right. if he figures it out, he could finish very high. I mean, he's beaten Renda before. Yeah. So he could be there. Um, final four, I really want to see Nickel and Martin wrestle. Um, I don't know if it will happen. We'll have to see. But I've got Nickel and Renda in the finals, Miles Martin third, and Zabatsky fourth. Got it. Jim, what about you? Um, again, you guys are reading off my notes, so. Here I go. <laughs> you get to go first uh, at 97, I promise. Yeah, all right. Uh, biggest struggle, probably sticking feet, Renda and Dominic um, Ebenezer ahead of Drew Foster. Love Drew Foster last year. Um, uh, dark Horses, um, yeah, uh, we have uh, Zach Zavatsky. Um He's just overdue. You know, um, I remember as a freshman um, watching him in uh, Las Vegas at the Cliff Keenan just being super impressed. I think he beat. I think he had an opening round bout against um, Blake Stouffer from uh, Arizona State, who had been an All-American right. uh, the previous year. And so that was a big wake-up call for everybody. But uh, I think he should have been an All-American that year, um, his freshman year. But he kind of fell into a part of the, uh, the consolation bracket that had uh, um, other All-Americans. It was just loaded. And um, I think, like, Jack, Jack DeCaro was one of them. And, um, but yeah, it just seems like March has never been his month. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, but he's overdue. I think he'll be an All-American this year. Um, and, uh, I, I'm real interested in Max Dean because his big brother, you know, yeah. uh, how great was that one? But, uh, Max won two Michigan State titles, so he's for real. Okay. Um, he's a freshman, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, final four, Bo Nickel and Pete Renda, and then, uh, third and fourth, uh, Miles Martin and, uh, Zach Sabatsky. Yeah, I think one of the things that people may forget, and I think we're all pretty consistent on where we have him, P. Renda's really good. And, you know, he redshirted oh, yeah. and he's coming back. And I think we all have him third, just kind of clicking around as you guys were talking. 
So we all see him as a semifinalist, you know, in all likelihood, and which is really good news for Pat Papalizio and the crew there. I think Ricky Robertson's an interesting guy. You know, looking at their uh, roster, he's coming down from 97 to 84, and, you know, it, it certainly looks like his body's a better fit for that weight. Um, we have him at 12, which really just means he's in the round of 12 and lost a match. So, I mean, it's just a matter of us being wrong by one match and he'd be in the All-American round. So, Mr. Kalen, I promise you you could go first so you can steal all of our thunder. So why don't you lead us off at 97? We'll, we'll see. My biggest struggle, um, Matt McCutcheon, you know, Penn State. He, um, you know, the guy could, the guy could win it all. You know, he just, just that wrestling room and, and the, uh, you know, uh, the coach Sanderson, uh, you know, just everything. Um, Probably another struggle was where to put Kent State's Kyle Connell. I don't know how many people know about him, but he's he could be the strongest wrestler at this weight. He's just a brawler. Um, he missed last season due to personal issues. Um, we have him at 14, which everybody thinks is too high, that, you know, that he's unproven, but we'll see. Um, dark Horses Connell. He was an Ohio, he was an Ohio uh, State champ. Um, he was named to uh, Amateur Wrestling News All-Rookie Team. And then uh, the other one, uh, Tom Slay. He's got the best last name out. <laughs> but uh, he's been not he's been knocking around for four years. He's tough. He's upset some good people. Uh, he beat McCutcheon. I think he beat Ben Haas. Uh, he's a Pennsylvania kid, so that says a lot. Um, so I like him. Uh, final four, um, killing Colin Moore. Going to beat Jared Hutt. And then uh, Oklahoma's Preston Weigel and Matt McCutcheon. Regard for Moore. All right. All right. Uh, Alex, go ahead. Uh, so biggest struggle was really Nicholas, um, missed last year due to injury, two time All American at 184, but both times entered with not a great resume. Um, seems to be one of those guys that I'd not say he doesn't take the regular season seriously, but certainly amped it up at NCAAs. Um, he was stuck at 84 because Jaden Cox is at 197, so this could be a big breakout for him, but his resume doesn't really merit sixth ranking. But right. the other way, class isn't super strong, so that's where we have him. Um, Dark Horse, I mean, he's not even on the roster right now, but I think we all know Pat Downey could come back and be a title contender. Um, I was going to say that at 84. I think there's a good chance he comes back at 84 and Wilkie's at 97, but either way, he's he's a guy that you have to think about, right? I mean, I, I took it that Wilkie was going to 84, that they think now he's going to 97, but you're absolutely could be right. I mean, they could switch yeah. in the year. But um, he's got stuff to take care of before he's even eligible to go to Iowa, but if he is on that roster come March, you can't really pick against him too often, so he could do some interesting things. Um, I didn't pick him in my final four just because I don't know what to make of his situation. Um, and one of the interesting things I learned yesterday, talking to Oklahoma State, was that Preston Weidel's not currently projected in the lineup, and no one is quite sure why. Um, they've been trying to figure out more, but he was not in their projected lineup at this time. Um He's already redshirted, so it's not that. We're not sure what's going on with that. But. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> talked to to um, Zach Esposito like a week ago, and he said he is their guy. So I saw that. I, I have a, I don't know what that is. I, th- I have whatever that is. I think that's temporary. I, I you know, 
I mean, Der- Derek, White, so. Derek White weighs 245, so he's not going down. Right. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. The lineup they sent me had Andrew Morrison going 197, which um, he could do that. He's an entertaining wrestler. but He likes to uh, pin people. We'll he likes to pin yeah. people. We'll yeah. see. I mean, I, I still have Weigel at three. So. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, final four, Colin Moore, Jared Hott. Um, I think Nicholas gets in there for third and Matt McCutcheon fourth. Got it. Got it. Brian, what do you think? Willie Nicholas is extremely tough. Uh, he's, he's a winner. He's got moxie. He's wrestled at a lighter weight, so he's going to move really well uh, at 197. Um, obviously, it's not, not the deepest weight, so it, it gets to be one of those uh, anybody's ballgame type yeah, scenarios. Yeah, for sure. If Miklas can handle the horsepower of the of the 97, he'll he'll be a handful there. So we had him listed as both our biggest struggle and dark horse. Um, we have we have him at five. And um, Missouri Missouri room, he'll he'll get better. Uh, he's he's really really solid. So yeah, we have him there. As I said, biggest struggle and dark horse. Um, Colin Moore is an absolute stud. Certainly picking him to to repeat. So. Our top four will go more hot. We do think you're going to see Pat Downey uh, for the Hawkeyes come March at uh, 97 in, uh, in Cleveland. So we have them three and Nicholas four. Yeah, I think all of us will probably figure Downey, if he does what he needs to do, is going to be in the semis at one of those two weights on Friday night. Um, to me, there's a couple guys here that are interesting, and because this weight's not super deep in terms of All-Americans, only four, I think Eric Schultz out of Nebraska is an interesting guy. Um, ben Darmstead out of Cornell is a really interesting guy. And, uh, and I actually have to change my rankings. Jacob Smith from West Virginia got a medical red shirt. You know, I had him deleted because he was a senior last year, but, you know, he was a guy that was ranked really high by all of us during the regular season. And he's on their roster. So he got a medical red shirt. So I think he's a guy that probably all of us, you know, think he'll end up being ranked high and, and certainly could plays. Um, I think Miklas, I think Miklas, you know, has a very good chance to make the finals against Colin Moore. I, like Brian, to your point, I think he moves really well, and this weight isn't loaded with super athletic guys, and I think that can really help him. And he has the best best workout partner in the country at that weight with Jaden. So, um, but this is a weight I think that could have a huge impact on the team race because, you know, if McCutcheon can get in the top five or six, that that really, really helps Penn State, you know, because besides their five champs um, and Neville's, which we'll talk about in a minute, you know, he's he's their, their best, best chance for points. So who wants to start off at heavyweight? Alex, I don't think you've gone first in a while, so go ahead. And I'm going to guess I'm going to guess Snyder might might be in your summaries. <laughs> Is he still wrestling in the NCAA? I thought he was just going to go well, to wrestling. I am going to say this for the folks listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm friends with all these guys, but I, I talked to Alex off the air about something a week ago, and Alex pointed out that there's never been – or there's been forever since there's been a three-time heavyweight champ. Is that correct? That's true. I mean, Gwizdowski was going for his third when Snyder beat him, and uh, Nelson was going for his third when Gwiz beat him. So – it, it's happened a couple of times. So you said know. you're betting any everyone, someone will just kill Snyder, I think is what you said, right? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> the biggest struggle for me was Sam Stoll at Iowa. Um, 
obviously he's just never been healthy. Yeah. In a postseason, so we don't know. I mean, he, the talent is there. He's a big man. He, you know, we've seen what he can do at times, but what does he have now um, after two years basically ending with injury? Um, Dark Horse, Jesse up at Oregon State is back. Another knee injury, though. Like, we don't know what he's going to look like. Um, obviously, super talented. And in an era where there's a lot of smaller heavyweight shooting and scoring, I think that really plays to his benefit. Um, if he can avoid the big guys like Adam Kuhn, I think he matches up better with guys like Jacob Casper. Yeah. Um, so he could do some damage. Um, Final four, I think Snyder and Kuhn are going to meet on that big stage, and that's going to be fun. Um I still think Snyder's going to win, but that should be a fun match um, that we'll see maybe a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Neville's third, and then Jacob Casper's fourth. And if you haven't been out to look at Jacob Casper's roster picture this year, you should you should check that out. It's epic, right? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's epic. Okay, Brian, I, I I am going to say you have Snyder in your final four as well. I'm, I'm... He's in the he's in the final uh, final four, and I think college uh, wrestling fans are in for a treat this year with uh, with Zane Rutherford and Kyle Snyder both still in the college ranks after you know a- excellent success on the freestyle level, U.S. World Teams. I'm, I'm just really excited for college wrestling at at how well you know all of these young guys have done internationally. It's really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it's a great thing. It really is a great thing for the sport to get the college audiences engaged with senior level and high school, you know, fans more engaged with the the two levels above them. So, uh, dark horses would be Sam Stahl, um, and uh, uh, excuse me, I got the wrong sheet here. Struggle, Sam Stahl, and Desi, uh, Amar Desi from uh, Oregon State. You know, he's had an impressive uh, career, has beat some good people, and then had had injuries. So. You know, that's a guy uh, that that can place really high. We have him three, um, and and then has had some, some tough breaks. Sam Stahl has lost a lot of weight uh, this year. Is really looking good from everything we're we're hearing, and he'll be in the mix for for Iowa. And they're they're planning on on points from him. Um, another dark horse uh, would be Hamida uh, from Maryland. Uh, very talented. Had a good summer. Uh, continues to improve as, as Kerry McCoy, as his coach, knows how to win um, wrestling in the Big Ten Conference. So uh, certainly a guy to watch as a dark horse uh, finalist, uh, finalist, and then third and fourth, Snyder, Kuhn, Desi, and Casper. Fourth. All right, Mr. Kalen, finish us off here. Come on, Snyder. I mean, this is a guy tornadoes cross the road to avoid, you know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> he's, you know, he, he kind of kills the drama at this weight. Um, you know, he, he won the national title last year, and uh, including the NCAAs, he, that, he wrestled 12 bouts. So um, you don't see him a lot. And I know everyone's excited because, you know, Kuhn's back, and um, they – you know, there's a, they could meet at the uh, in Vegas in uh, early December, and then there's a dual meet and the Big Tens. But um, you know, uh, Kyle's off off in Russia and all these places, and uh, Coach Tom Ryan's fine with that. So I don't sure. think we're going to see a whole lot of. Uh, we're not going to see a whole lot of Kyle. You know, you know, expect to see 12 matches again this year. But uh, guaranteed, he'll be at the Michigan Ohio State. Uh, Duel because they're going to need his points. Yeah, that's going to be something. Um, yeah, Sam Stoll and um, Adam Kuhn, the injuries, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a big question mark. 
Um, dark horses. Um, Arizona, I, it, again, Tanner Hall, we have him at third, but uh, that's a great wrestling room. Um, you know, they've got a regional training center there. They have Zeke Jones. Uh, um, you know, I just I think it's going to do a lot for him. Um, he could sneak into the finals. Um, and if uh, Kyle Snyder doesn't compete in, uh, at the Cliff Key in Vegas, um, I would say you're going to see Adam Kuhn and, uh, and uh, Tanner Hall in the finals. That'd be a great bout. Um, the other dark horse, um, uh, I'm a big uh, Keith Gavin fan, so I think um, uh, Pitts, uh, Ryan Solomon, I think um, he's uh, going to do well. My final four, um, not hard. You know, um, Kyle Snyder's the best in the world, so why not Cleveland, right? Um, <laughs> and then I'd say problem, probably Adam Kuhn, Tanner Hall, and then Desi. Well, I want to thank you guys because I had two – Dark horses here, and the only weight where you guys didn't take them. So I like <laughs> <laughs> I like Jordan Wood a lot from Lehigh, second at the Midlands last year, and then Mike Hughes from Hofstra, round of 16 the year before, uh, medaled at the scuffle. To you know, big athletic guy, get and really good with those tilts, working with Jake Potaskal. So those are two guys that I could see moving up. Um, and I yeah, I think you know Snyder and Kuhn. Feel like it feels like obviously Snyder's on his own level. I feel like Coon's almost on his own second level, and then that mix there of Hall, Neville's, Desi, Casper, and even some of the guys you talked about sneaking in there, like Solomon and Hamida, uh, and even some of our dark horses. Like if Sam Stoll is a hundred percent, you know, if Jordan Wood is a hundred percent, it wouldn't shock. I don't think me or you know, I shouldn't speak for all of you, but I don't think it would shock us if those guys, uh, you know, had an upset in the quarters and made it to the semis. So. Guys, we're right at an hour. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and I, I also want to thank each of your organizations, Amateur Wrestling News, Open Mat, Win Magazine. You guys have all been very, very supportive, uh, not just in words, but in actions and helping uh, financially in the efforts that I've done and trying to help raise money for the Extreme Couture GI Foundation, which is Randy Couture's charity, 501c3, benefiting veterans with amputation. So I wanted to take this moment to publicly thank all three of your organizations and each of you guys individually for your support. So thank you very much. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. Welcome, David. Keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the All-Star Ranking Panel on Matt Chat. I'm David Maricatani. We'll speak to you all next week. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.